you. Hello, everybody. Let's start off by just focusing ourselves together for a minute or two or so or half, just so that we feel we are an integrated group of souls. Perhaps in this focusing we shall already get the feeling of our soul's purpose. sounds as though I'm going to sit here and tell you what's what. What it is, your soul, and how to do it. But that wouldn't be a proper way of understanding what we'll try and discuss tonight. I think we could say that there are perhaps three ways of looking at this understanding of ourselves. One is from the purely human point of view, which is, generally speaking, the one we came with tonight. From the point of view of being a human being. Then there is another approach we can consider, which is what we might call an angelic view of who we are and what the angels may think we're doing, or the view of what life is for from the angel's point of view, which might be very different to the human point of view. And then lastly, there is another point of view, which is the point of view of our Creator. And that would be different again, I think. Now, I wonder what we mean by these three points of view, because we hardly know what a human being really is. We hardly know what an angelic being is, and we hardly know who our Creator is. Let's start with the one which is closest to us, which is our human understanding of our soul and our soul's position in creation and therefore its purpose in creation. And I think I'll start to use the blackboard. And what I'll do is simply draw a symbol of a mountain. Oh, that's a bit, of, a bit of an overhang there. A sort of mountain. Because that is a simple view of a symbol, I think, which will make some sort of sense to us from where we are now and who we are now. So, here we are, 
in the human position which is in this symbolic way at the bottom of the mountain I think we sense that that the physical human being on this physical earth is somehow at the bottom of some sort of spiritual mountain and therefore we get the sense that one of the purposes of our soul is to understand what the mountain means and understand the sense that there is somehow a path to be climbed up that mountain but what we don't understand to begin with is that as we all our senses of identity move up that mountain so we change we each become a different sort of we as we move along the path which goes up that mountain so this person who starts at this level has mostly a human sense of identity a lot of identity with the physical human body and its situations if that individual climbs to this position they won't feel the same way about things as they did down there they won't see the same sort of things as they did down there their sense of what it's all about will feel different and if they move up to this position so the same thing will happen again they will feel differently to that position and to that position and what will these differences be what are we actually doing when we talk about the mountain and we talk about moving up the mountain right well another way to look at the significance of the mountain is to look at a, what we might call a thermometer and then at the top we put 10 and call it the level of creation nearest to the creator and at the bottom we simply put in zero or some symbolic number from, for the bottom of the thermometer now to understand who we are at this level and what our soul is in relation to who we are at this level and what our soul is in relation to who we are at this level and to its creator we need to know what has happened from the beginning of creation to have put us in this position where we find ourselves now first of all the creator had to create a whole series of levels of creation which is the mountain itself this is creation this is one of the highest levels of creation middle level lowest level of creation and the creator is outside creation it is his handiwork 
but in order to create it he has to be standing on ground which is beyond creation outside creation he brought creation into existence so the creator is symbolically shall we say standing beyond level 10 now as we understand it we can symbolize the creator's being as a great flame of life great flame of living spirit but a conscious living spirit an ident self-identified living spirit an I am living spirit but not conditioned until he wishes to be conditioned by what we think of as any form of creation or any form of mountain now we are led to understand and that's just a term for me saying the understanding has come to me in one way or another that the creator at some stage decided he wished to have children he wished to have companions who he was going to educate to understand reality in the way he understands reality and what he did is he in ways we cannot understand sowed lots of little bits of his divine flame into this level of creation into a body which we call a physical body we call these little bits of the divine flame divine sparks and they are equivalent to the creator giving us a little essential piece of his own essential being and by essential I mean that every little spark of the creator's great flame has in it the potential of the whole flame in the same way that a drop of seawater has in it in a sense the potential of the whole ocean from which it came so we are led to understand that the creator actually sowed these seeds of his I am beingness into this lower level of creation into a body which he had prepared to take this little seed which we call the physical body which relates to this level of creation which is the physical level of creation now if we had for instance moved up this path a little way we might have a body which looks very like this one but we would no longer call it physical we would call it ethereal or etheric or some other name if it was around there we may call it an astral body then etheric body then a higher etheric body or spiritual body and ultimately we may call it a divine body these are just labels to indicate that there is a series a series of levels of creation and bodies which are suitable to each level of that series and we start off we start off at the bottom with the physical body but within that physical body is a spark of God's own divine substance this is the ultimately real thing 
this is the ultimately real reality it's so real that it's more real than creation itself and you have a little bit of that within you as the basis of God's gift to you in order to enable you to become now what we refer to as the soul which is in the title of this talk tonight is something which is very hard to define and Anne will have heard me talk about this before it is as though this, what we think of as the soul is something between the highest essence nature of our divine spark and the physical sense of being a physical person in a physical body so it's somewhere in between there and there the soul is like a halfway house and we can define it in this way that the soul is like a little flame which is the same for all of us we've all been given the same divine spark the same little little flame from the big flame but at the same time we have all been encouraged to individualize this flame in a unique way each of us differently so in a sense while we are living our physical life in a physical body we are also as it were building around this little flame what we might think of as a lantern if we can think of the lantern as having lots of bits of colored glass laid into it different shapes and different colors then each of us will have been making without realizing it a different lantern a different shape there or a different color there to the one there a different shape there, a different color there to the one here and so on and so on so each lantern is different but the little spark of divinity within is the same for each of us so in a sense this is laying over the sameness of the divine nature a, an individual unique expression of that divine nature which we can call the individual soul and whereas as we well know the life and existence of the human physical personality is limited we know after 70, 80 or 90 years it dies and the sense of being that particular physical body sort of self dies with it but the understanding and the sense of identity moves into this reality which we may or may not have been aware of while we've been busy being a physical person so when this body dies we become the sort of person which is related to this process which is happening here which has been managed for us by our God which often we don't realize is happening at all but what is happening is that the little bit of divinity is being individualized turned into a unique expression of the divine potential God himself is one unique expression of this nature his I am is a unique expression of this divine potential whatever we like to call it the ultimate reality 
God's identity is one expression of this. Ours is a tiny but yet different expression of it as well. So what is happening there is that here we have at a what we can call a middle ground level a semi-permanent process which is enabling all sorts of experiences happening at this physical level to be built into some semi-permanent more spiritual closer to the divine level of our true nature and the true nature is this little flame right in the middle so what is happening in each lifetime is that all the valuable experience which is being gained by this personality is being siphoned off and built into this truer identity, the soul identity even if this person is not aware that it is happening but from God's point of view we shall see later on this is a very important process so in terms of the title of this talk is which is discovering the purpose of our soul we realize that a preliminary function from where we are is to start off by realizing that we have a soul which is not quite the same as what we think of as our physical personal identity the soul for some people is very close to their physical person identity if because of this identity they allow it to be with them but other physical identities have actually pushed this nature away from them because the way they behave and think and feel actually pushes this identity away from them which is more spiritual by its nature more spiritual because it belongs to a higher order of being and then again if we care to realize it there is an even more permanent reality to discover which is this divine self with its cloak of individuality through which its light shines differently for each one of us because the colored glasses for each one of us enclosing that light are different now that unique form of individuality can ultimately be translated into the highest form it can achieve in this process of creation which is to take it up to a level where its divine flame actually absorbs the I won't call it divine flame because it will confuse us its divine spark nature which has grown more because of its education and uh, awareness of itself has grown more than it was to begin with 
it absorbs as it were the significance of its lantern into itself and the two become one so it's no longer a spark with a lantern the spark becomes the lantern in other words it takes on a permanent individual individuality which is everlasting instead of a temporary one which is still being built at this level it then starts to take on an absolutely permanent self when its sense of identity is turned into a divine sense of identity without losing the individuality which has occurred so now that is one way of, of looking at the soul's purpose but we start from a level where we are not necessarily being our soul and so there is a confusion in the wording of this lecture tonight <laughs> because it assumes that we know what it means to be a soul and really we are not very clear what that means and we have to be aware that we are not very clear what that means and we have to learn in our life to separate the understanding of our soul nature out from the purely physicalness of our temporary physical personality nature in the same way that if we had a mixture of oil and water in the same bottle and we wanted to know which was which we would have to work on a process which separated the two things out so that is one answer to the soul's purpose now just to confuse you I'm going to I'm going to build a, a mountain upside down because whereas we can use the same thermometer as we did before and put divine heaven at the top and lowest physical earth at the bottom we now have a mountain which is going the other way and this is the sort of mountain that the true angelic being would feel and see and understand angels are other children of our creator who are born as it were and partly educated at the top of creation in a heavenly environment close to their creator whereas as you know we were just saying that we begin to wake up at the other end of God's great educational system which is at the bottom end of this creative scheme so that the angels because they are starting in a different place achieve a different view of their education from the one which we would have because they start with a knowledge of their creator they start with a strong feeling of what their creator feels like they start with a strong sense of purpose they are there in order to help the creator with his processes of education as they start in highest heaven and work down through lower and slower and more viscous forms of reality until they reach the bottom level of reality which is I suppose in a sense we can think of as 
the most physical level that the creator feels he can manage it's probably true to say that if he went beyond that point the difficulty of keeping this in touch with this would start to become too great altogether but for the sake of our education it is as big as God can possibly manage it to be because the size of this thermometer the difference between the highest and lowest level in this great creative scheme is also a measure of the size of the educational process that God has in mind for us and some of his pupils are starting at the top because he needs them to help with the processes that bring the other classrooms into existence one by one as we come down that scale so these children of God are born with an understanding of wishing to help their creator in his work of understanding what that work is going to be and of willingly cooperating with all the processes which bring it into existence and keep it going and maintain it so the angelic kingdom is concerned with creating this great university with all its classrooms in and maintaining them when they are in being that is one of their very important functions and they do that in order that God's other children can start their educational processes from this lowest level of creation and start it in a way which is quite opposite to the way these angelic children started we start down here without this understanding of our God without this closeness to God without this sense of yes we know what God feels like but as we will discuss later on there is one as it were doorway which is open to these children which is less open to these children and there's a doorway open to these children which is less open to these children in other words because of the way they begin their being and because of the experience they get in this educational process each of them will end up having something to offer to the other which the other couldn't achieve because of the limitations of the process from where they began so eventually as this process succeeds more and more the shall we say the talents which these angelic children pick up through their experience will gradually meet in this middle ground with the talents which the human children are gathering through their experience and then there will be a great big exchange in the midst of creation where the meeting of these two opposite understandings and viewpoints and all that go with those terms will produce a third thing which is I think what our creator sees as his grown-up purpose for his children which is to be as it were as grown-up as he is himself he she is himself so that is the second process I mentioned at the beginning of the talk to begin to see the soul's purpose not from a human point of view but from the angelic point of view which would see 
the soul's purpose as actually conforming to the Creator's wishes in the way they do and they look down on our human activity I think very often with a great deal of puzzlement because they can't understand why God has gone to so much trouble to put us into this position in his great scheme of things into this classroom where we make so many mistakes where everything continually goes wrong and when our whole life is concerned with actually trying to survive through the processes of learning to correct the mistakes we make and to as it were try and keep our head above above water rather than to survive for any other more vital purpose when I say above water we get the sense that our main objective in our physicalness of life is to survive is to cope is to manage all the difficult processes involved with being in a physical body and maintaining that physical body and maintaining the responsibilities of families which such physical identities develop now the angels from their point of view see everything in a much cleaner more vital and more perfect form of creation they see God creating perfectly all these much more perfect levels of creation in which lots of God's beings are all behaving much more perfectly to one another where they're not continually making mistakes and as it were messing up the environment in the way we do down at this level where we are as it were starting from basics learning basic senses of responsibility learning to use our intelligence in such a way that we can survive in a more effective way with one another the angels take survival for granted they don't have to feed their bodies in the way we do they don't have to cope with all the difficulties that the physical body is involved with in simply surviving in terms of food and housing and money and jobs and families and looking after families and so on and so forth all that is lifted from the, cho the shoulders of these beings but they have other responsibilities instead but responsibilities which are understood as part of a whole system of perfect creation and they can't understand why God allows all these imperfect processes to go on at this level of creation so we'll next look at another view which is what we might call God's view of creation and we'll have the same thermometer and we can have the same mountains one going that way and the other going that way representing the human kingdom and the angelic kingdoms both processes of education from the creator's point of view but both vitally different from one another 
from the creator's point of view and what is it like to be a creator up here we will give the creator arms and legs and a head in order to give us a sense that he is an I am identity God is the great I am now I'm just offering these as thoughts and I hope you won't think that I'm giving you this lecture in a dogmatic sense perhaps I should have given you a longer introduction and explained that what I am offering you tonight is my understanding that it is that has come to me in one way and another which is as it were distilled itself within me and I'm offering you the best view I have of that distillation but that's all it is you must understand that that's all it is so you can if you wish you can call this pure conjecture now these are things that I want you to consider because I think that even if they're not the whole truth they are things that we should at least consider and in my own personal view I think they are important considerations if we are to try and understand things in the way our God may understand them now you, we have to realize that to begin with our creator God had a sense of being on his own on his her own if you like and I am right now we have to assume therefore that because we we notice that it is happening under our very eyes that this creator wished to have children to share his status with which is this ultimate status which existed before creation began on this everlasting ground <coughs> which we call the divine eternal ground of being now I've already explained that the beginning of the gift to each of God's children in order to make them real was to give them a bit of his own divine flame which we have called a little divine spark from that divine flame so what I am now going to try and do is offer you a view which might be the view of the creator before creation began and while cre the processes of creation are going on I'm going to suggest that this creator wished to have others to share his eternal I am beingness with and that those others had to be in a sense as real as he was or he she was and they also had to be real in the sense that they should not be as it were carbon copies of that God now here I'm obviously on extremely difficult ground which you will have to take in the spirit in which it is offered I would suggest that all of us have had enough experience of friendship 
to realize that if a friend is going to have any value for you they have to be real like you are they have to be metaphorically able to stand on their own feet in the way that you have to be able to stand on your own feet even if it is at this level down here now I'm suggesting that the same thing is true of this everlasting divine spirit identity at this level also that from the Creator's point of view what he is trying to do is to give to his children both the human children and the angelic children the ability to be in this everlasting sense with this everlasting I am identity with him in this everlasting ground and that the whole process of this educational system which we've been talking about as God's great university which is creation itself is to enable this to come about that these pupils are going to move up these classrooms and these pupils are going to move down these classrooms as they are created and learn to handle them and look after them and know what it means to bring them into being these ones are going to learn what it feels like to start living in the bottom end of these classrooms and to work up to higher classrooms as they feel drawn to them and are able to manage them it's no good this pu pupil at the physical level trying to get into the classroom at this higher level until he or she has understood what is necessary to learn at this level and so that process goes on and on and as we move up each of these ladders so we, we do it by learning what is necessary to learn at the level of the step on the ladder or the rung of the ladder at the level below and as we learn that level we can move to that level and as we learn that level we move to that level and so on and the angels do the other thing the opposite way around they start by establishing themselves at the highest level and they work down as they can best manage it each learning to cope with the more difficult level of creation as it becomes more viscous slowed down less perfect in, in, in a sense as it descends to these lower levels when I say less perfect I have to say that in a very guarded way what is happening is that this perfect sense of environment we might call it which is he highest heaven is being duplicated into matter which is more and more gross or more viscous or more sticky depending on how we want to think of it in that sense we can think of it as being slowed down so it's not so much that it is becoming less perfect but it is becoming a more slowed down more detailed form of this highest model which is the model of highest heaven so this environment which is God's ideal environment is being duplicated in more and more difficult processes of matter as it comes down this ladder or down this series of creations and we as humans are starting at the bottom level and those other children of God are starting at the top level now as I see it and as I'd like to offer it to you 
tonight as something to, to consider and think about is to realize that God's great aim is to have other I am's who are up there with him who have been through all his educational processes in such a way that they are able to talk to God to discuss with God to be with God on a friendly basis in such a way that what they have to say and the way they understand it signifies to God as it were all the qualities and understandings that exist in God's value system we can think of it as a scroll on which God has written all the things that really matter to him in his great wisdom and understanding those are what we might think of as symbolically God's value system of which we can understand something near the top is, is what we call love and also something else near the top intelligence and something else near the top strength those are the sort of values including things like beauty affection devotion uh, creativity fun, play lots of other things which we might add to that list and realize well yes the sort of person God is would have those on his list and that list would represent a grown up version of an individual I am and the whole purpose of creation is that it should be a great university in which all his children both angelic and human should eventually meet together in such a way that they could really understand what this meant and when they understand what that means and when they understand it from who they are in the unique sense that they have built up while this process has been going on then they can stand on that ground that God himself stands on everlasting divine ground as a unique exponent of this one divine beingness which God himself is also an exponent of an expression of God in a way wants us to join there to join him her, there as a friend because if God has more friends up there it's going to make the whole beingness up there much more enjoyable for God than if he was there on his her own now that sounds a bit strange at first and I only offer you this understanding as something to take away and think about if you wish to I'm certainly not offering it to you as any form of dogma so that is a beginning of the understanding of what I consider to be the third view of the soul's purpose the third view is this understanding that from God's view of the soul's purpose the whole of creation 
is aimed at you understanding what God's value list feels like what God's value system feels like why it feels like it does why this particular one is there instead of there why any of them are there in the first place anyway in order to do that you have to have experience somewhere in this great university not only this particular one which we'll call number seven not only that one but you must have experienced its opposite which we'll call call that plus seven you must have experienced minus seven otherwise you will never know what seven means <laughs> now what do I mean by that it's very simple once you once you grasp what I'm saying there to put it in its simplest we'll deal with love because we we all have some experience of, of that if you lived in heaven you would be in an atmosphere of love all the time you would be in love in the same way that a fish is in water do you understand what I mean if you were an angel at this level you will be in a wonderful atmosphere of God's love very close to God completely in, surrounded embedded in God's love but in the same way that a fish is always in water you would be in in that atmosphere of love and if anybody came to you and asked you what love meant you would shake your head because you wouldn't have the faintest idea what they were talking about any more than if you talked to a fish and asked the fish about water the fish would understand what you meant about the word water you see because the fish is always in water it has to take water for granted because angelic beings at this level are always in the atmosphere of love they take the atmosphere of love for granted the only way you will get the fish to understand what you mean about water is to actually take it out of the water and put it back again then the fish will cotton on because it will have the positive expression of water and the negative expression of water it will have been with water and it will have been without water the same principle applies to all the things on God's value list or in God's value system so that his great educational system here which is his great university is designed that you not only come to understand what this number seven is but you understand it in its positive mode and in its negative mode you understand what it is when it is present and what it feels like when it's not present if it is love you understand what being with an atmosphere of love feels like then you also understand through some other experience what being without any atmosphere of love feels like to put it in its most extreme form you would actually perhaps feel not just a neutral sense of zero which is halfway between plus seven and minus seven you've actually got to experience minus seven which is hatred the exact opposite of love 
not just a neutral thing halfway but you've got to have some sense of what love is if it goes into complete reverse it's only by having experienced love and its opposite hatred that you come to understand what love is and to value it properly if you had only forever encountered love you would never be able to appreciate it properly properly or to know objectively what it was it is the experience of its opposite and you being the same being who experiences both these things the love and the hatred that causes the two things as it were to burn like a fire within you which creates in you an objective appreciation of what love is and what hate is in other words it enables you to grow up if these elements in God's value system don't come to you in the university with their opposites you will only be able to absorb them in a childlike way and you won't be able to grow up and God is aiming at a process in his university which is going to enable you to confront all these things that he values together with their opposites in order that you should be able to value them properly in a grown-up way in the way he values them so that you actually know the significance of each of them so that you know within your own spirit what beauty is because you have encountered ugliness you know kindness because you have encountered unkindness you know strength because you have also encountered weakness do you see what I mean? right so God's view of his great university and the soul's purpose is therefore different to that of the angels and it's different to that of the humans the humans are trying to make the best of everything they're trying to make life comfortable and enjoyable the angels are trying to make it all perfect in a way which the humans can never be perfect because they're not built like that God sees it in a third way which is neither perfect nor imperfect but in terms of growing up but in terms of growing up to be as grown up as he is, as he is in the same way as human parents wish their own children to grow up and become as grown up as they are and when the human children do grow up to be as grown up as the human parents they can if everything goes right and the relationships are allowed to flow properly they then can become the friends of their parents instead of the offspring of their parents and that is what I think our Creator wishes for us that instead of being his offspring his her offspring we should one day become his her friends and it's a very enormous long-term process therefore that our God has in mind and until these two angelic ways and human ways mingle together properly in the midst of God's great university 
they're not going to understand what God understands about the purpose of that great university they're still going to see it in their own terms we shall see it in terms of making existence more comfortable, more enjoyable the angels will see it making it more perfectly divine and they're not quite the same thing and God will see it all as growing up in such a way that one day we shall be able to discuss with him in significant forms of discussion so that our discussion means something we should be able to discuss with him his value system and our own value system which won't be quite the same as his and when we do that then we should be able to be what we might think of as real friends of one another and if our value system is here through considering one another's value system we might throw a slightly different light on one another's value system and when we come to design some further project we might find that this little value system which one of these grown-up children of God has designed and there are lots of them remember will be of some vital help in some other day of creation some other scheme of creation when this one has fulfilled its purpose to make this eternal beingness more fun for God to make this eternal beingness more fun for all of us once we have learned what it means to join God in eternal life now this way of of expressing this eternal purpose of God which is to do with friendship the value of friendship the fact that divine friends are able to be towards one another in a vital perfect wise loving way which enables them to as it were be in a creative context with one another this is a very different way of understanding our God and of understanding ourselves and of understanding our soul's purpose there I think I'll stop now <laughs> and have some questions I've thrown out a lot of thoughts at you tonight but do remember that I'm only passing them to you to, for your consideration, for you to think about, feel about and decide if they make any sense for you all of them have been designed to encourage you not only to find your own soul but to understand what the term your own soul means and to encourage you to look for a purpose in that soul which would make not only sense to all other souls but make sense to our Creator as well so I'll stop speaking there for a bit and see if there are any things you'd like to ask me about this great subject where did you find the imperfections? because if God was perfect then only he can create perfectly there can be nothing else right uh, putting it like that 
as you look around day to day, you decide that some people or some things are not imperfect. Yet surely that is where you haven't allowed yourself to awaken without fear of the reality of what you really are. The word perfect and imperfect are both very relative words and we've actually discovered that in looking at, at these three different ways of looking at the purpose of the soul that the angel's idea of perfect is going to be different from the human's idea of perfect and both of those are going to be different to God's idea of perfect in fact God's idea of perfect is, is not going to be anything like what we think of as the word perfect because God is aiming at us getting experience which is going to get us to grow up which is going to get us to understand what he understands and we can only do that through what we think of as process of imperfection things going wrong so therefore what we think of as imperfection of things going wrong are in God's eyes the exact things that he would hope would come our way in order to achieve our education so the word perfect would not be the one which God would see in those processes which to a human being are imperfect in the same way let's use an analogy a mother has a six month old child playing in her sitting room before her most of the things the child does are what we would think of as imperfections the child is forever being sick and making a mess and doing things which from the grown-up human, human point of view would be considered to be imperfect things, do you see? But from the mother's point of view every imperfect thing that that child does is perfect because it's fulfilling the purpose of the life of that child and of the life of that mother. Now fulfilling the purpose of God is perfection not fulfilling the purpose of his half-grown children whether they be humans or angels do you see? so it's not a cut and dry thing, it's not a black and white thing it's not something that you can be very specific about every case is different and in fact whatever process of measurement you put on any happening is purely relative and from where God is it would have no significance in the way you're trying to measure it up generally speaking but if we look at something such as what is happening in Yugoslavia and they're all slaughtering each other yeah. I mean I can't relate that to what you're saying and therefore destroying each other from where God is, he knows they're destroying the body but he knows they're not destroying what God sees all the time which is you, his child, his spiritual child, do you see? Yeah. that isn't being destroyed, that child is learning huge lessons through these dreadful happenings which are not happening all the time, these people who are now involved in dreadful happenings have also been involved in beautiful happenings in the same lifetime but at the moment they're involved in dreadful happenings but it's nasty when it happens and yet there are things you learn in war which you don't learn any other way and one of the big things we learn is that peace is not simply the absence of war either do you see? but it's much more subtle, it's not black and white it's not 
it's not black and white you cannot understand the way God sees things if you only try to see them from the point of view of a human physical lifetime it's impossible it doesn't make sense so the question I wanted to ask was so that first one when you're making you have the little flame and you're building the lamp around yes now you're doing that for various lifetimes yes that's right. that's right yes I should have made that clear that's right I'm including the idea of reincarnation mm -hmm. where the lantern is halfway up this ladder say and where the human physical body is down at the bottom here this is being built through many many lives at this physical level so in one soul is being built yes the lives you've yes mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. because within that soul is only one divine flame that is the key to the whole mm -hmm. thing that is your ultimately real reality yeah so you're still it's still more lifetimes it's taken it from that middle position to the top position it's still more lifetimes yeah yep. mm. yes mm. and in fact you might move up to this level and then find that something you really wanted to learn would require you to come all the way down here again but not not for the not for the reasons which are going through your mind at the moment because down here again by that time may be a very lo lovely place to be when we've worked on this earth and improved it a lot mm. it may have a lot of pluses for us to return to and in any case you may begin to realize that that your purpose is getting closer to God's purpose and God's purpose is to make friends and the penny might drop in you and you might realize that your real purpose is not to go on climbing that ladder forever but in fact to help with the making of divine friends for one another and you might find there's very good reason for you wanting to come down here to work at making friends now when I'm talking about making friends in this sense I'm talking about making these eternal divine friends because ultimately that's all we're going to have do you see? and the more we have of these and the richer they are in their being the more unique they are and the richer that uniqueness then the more we have with us to share in everlastingness and make everlastingness more interesting you've confused me a bit now yeah. that lantern, <laughs> that lantern that you're saying it's not on this plane of existence it is and it isn't for some people it is here with them now for those people who don't understand what it means and they're even pushing away the quality of their own soul while they are a physical person although it is here they're pushing it away and it's not with them in their understanding for those who have deliberately tried to encounter their own soul and have deliberately tried to adapt their human personal behavior to become more fitting for their soul there is more of a uniting of the soul nature with the human nature do you see? Mm -hmm. and ideally we want a complete uniting of the soul nature with the human nature so what is true for some is not true for others we're all at different stages of joining in with our souls and we're all at different stages of soul growth some some of us have more mature souls than others some even if they achieve a uniting with their soul it's not such a big soul shall we say not such a developed soul 
not such a mature soul as others. We're all at different stages. That's how I see it. Well, all the souls that would be entering into this golden age that people are beginning to talk about in the next two or three thousand years, they haven't suddenly arrived in our environment. They're part of us who are here now, I don't mean in this room, but around the planet, either on the planet or close to the planet. So they will have been through the negative processes. They will have already had lots of lives on Earth. Even so, some of them will be more grown up than others, some more mature than others. But that is the way it is. It's just like any other schooling system. Each soul will make a different... What can we cake out of it? Each soul will make a different thing of what is on offer in the same way that each of us made a different thing of our education. Well, I think... Yes, I think there will be ways around that because we're only talking about one classroom and tonight we've been talking about the whole of God's university and if some of his, some of his children need further physical experience because they've misunderstood the lessons that they should have understood or that God was hoping they would understand God does just the same thing that we would do take them out of this classroom and send them to another one because this classroom is packing up and moving to a higher level so there are lots of classrooms out there (laughs) we don't know how God arranges it but he managed this one so no doubt he can manage others and it's easy for God to move a soul about it's not easy to move a physical body about but he can move a soul about so we go to another classroom if need be do you see? so all of these um awful things that's going on in the earth now they're a necessary part of our learning process yes they always have been since we have understood the history of man on earth it's possible to say that at the very beginning of man's history on earth which we still don't really understand it it was far more perfect in a certain sense but that perfection may not have been in line with what God wanted it may have been more in line with what the angels thought God wanted is not the same thing do you see and also remember that what you're at this very moment calling imperfections are not imperfections as God sees them any more than the imperfections of the three month old child are imperfections in the eyes of the mother sitting on the settee watching it playing and doing all sorts of horrible things besides playing do you see so, um, in your view, then, angels are not necessarily the perfection. Uh, um, they're more like a faction that is putting forward one view. They've got life. one half of God's wisdom, and yes. we've got the other half. Yes. Right, mm. to put it simply, yes. And, of course, quite a few um, teachings, including, for example, those of Steiner, who calls us the Tenth Hierarchy, um, say that we are we've been given this priceless gift of freedom freedom of choice which the angels haven't got a very big very big part of God's view because without that freedom we're not going to build one of these for ourselves and we're not going to understand this properly anyway because we're not going to experience both aspects of it the plus and the minus Mm -hmm. so we're never going to grow up so it's a bit rougher and tougher for us yes 
there's no easy way we can ever arrive at what God himself has arrived at and we don't know how he arrived at it but we can begin to guess when we use our intelligence and watch the way he was working with us here we can begin to guess that it wasn't easy maybe he's the sum total of some other universe in right. We just, right, we just don't know but we can guess that it wasn't easy yeah. and if it was easy the quality wouldn't be there because that's another lesson we learn that anything that comes to us too easily is not fully appreciated by us mm. all these things are part of huge equations which we must learn to understand huge equations we started off talking about various bodies, you know, talking yes. about the spirit and how yes. they all fit in. Yes. Mm, how does it fit in? <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say, ask me that question, how do they all fit in? Well, let, I, let's just look at it, look at the principles simply. We've already discussed the idea of creation being on lots of levels. These are all working on different vibrations. If you were living there, for instance, in a body suitable to that level, it would be a very different experience to living here in a body suitable to this level. When you're very wise and grown up, you could be there and there and still understand the significance of the whole thing when you've finished your course. That's what God wants you to be able to do. You can stand anywhere in this creation and still understand the significance of where you are in relation to everything else, do you see? But until we finish the course, we'll, we'll just do one classroom at a time. And as you move into a classroom, you have a body made of the stuff of that classroom, which makes the classroom as real at that level as the physical classroom feels physically real at this level because you go through the medium which matches the level that you are actually standing on do you see and if you're at a level where we'll just have a, a symbol whatever that means it's 500 cycles per second or whatever you might like to call it here we can say it's 5000 cycles per second and here we can say it's 50. If you have a body made of the stuff which is working at 5,000 cycles per second at this level, this level will feel as real as this level feels when you're working at 50 cycles yes, per I second. I can understand that, but I, I mean, I've lost the main point. If you're in a physical body here yeah. and now, yeah. You can't be on, say, the 5,000 level. You'd have a different, you'd be in a different universe. Yes. You wouldn't be in this one. It doesn't mean to say your understanding can't penetrate some of that, but you can't actually go there with your body. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you wanted to go there with a you body, have you would have to, to you'd have to transform this body into a 500 body. Mm -hmm. Then you'd have to transform that into a 5,000 body. So it's the physical body we can only function on the bottom. But your consciousness, yes, which is not your body, your consciousness that's right. So when I said that when you finished your course, you, you could stand anywhere in here, it means your, your understanding, your consciousness, head and heart consciousness, can appreciate the significance of all these levels, even though you're ma you may be in a body resting on one of them. Do you see? 
when you've finished, but not until you've finished. While you're still working at it, just we just tend to appreciate the one where we are resting at that moment. Our average level of understanding. Well, it's not, not a difficult idea to understand really, is it? Because um, if each of us were locked into a physical prison, are we trapped? Right. Right. Your imagination, your mind is never in any prison. That's right. Your consciousness can never be imprisoned. Your body can, but not your consciousness. And that's exactly what we're talking about. And the other, the opposite is, is true. That if your consciousness wishes to enjoy a vehicle, which we call a body, instead of just being a consciousness detached from any vehicle, if you actually want to get the experience of being in a vehicle, then as we often talk about it on earth, we talk about getting both feet on the ground and we say so-and-so is up in the air, you know, they're not anchored properly. We use these terms to imply that they're not really enjoying being a physical person at the physical level. They're trying to get out of it all the time. <laughs> do you see what I mean? Now, what we want to do to get the full benefit of God's lectures in each of his classrooms is to be fully present. But we can't be fully present if our soul is not with us in the classroom. So that really means being a physical body personality who knows he is a soul or she is a soul at the same time. Do you see? Then you are fully present in God's lecture. But if your soul is not happy being in a physical body, is trying to get out all the time, you're not really going to be paying attention to what God wants you to pay attention to while you are in this particular classroom. So that's an argument for making life yeah, paying attention, uh, but paying attention with all of you instead of just a bit of you. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, it's an argument to make life here as, as amenable and, and as convenient and as happy as possible in the physical world. Well, it's not as simple as that. Because paying attention, unfortunately, means paying attention to all the things to do with physical life, which includes motivation and sense of purpose. And a sense of purpose may include, in one lifetime, a lot of self-sacrifice. Mm. Deliberate discomfort for the sake of others. Do you see? Yes. Now, about discovering our soul's purpose, um, which we've put in as the, the title for that, have you got any practical hints? Though, obviously, that's what... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really what I I hate that word, hints. It sounds like the word shortcut. <laughs> no, there are no shortcuts, no, I would say that. No, I don't mean yeah. that. You I, yeah. Uh, have you got any practical hints as to how a person who is on this, uh, the path of service, spiritual path, if you like, uh, can um, find out more about what his or her uh, vocation is on earth, if they're not sure, that is to say, the form in which that service, the form that service should take. Um, I mean, in other words, effective practical techniques of going within and getting in guidance. Yes. Well, you've, you've said it because the only thing I can say on that score is this is a huge subject. It grows, you see, all the time. But what we have to bear in mind is that some of the humans 
that have started here have become very enlightened grown-up people is the nicest way to put it uh, they have managed to include within their understanding much of the understanding of the angels as well as all the wisdom of the humans and they've also included with that what we might think of as the wisdom of their father and mother in heaven and they often operate from these higher levels of creation which are as it were able to achieve an umbrella view of the sort of life we are living down here <coughs> and they then work to help God quite consciously because they have understood what God is doing and they appreciate what God is doing and they know God is working to make friends and not carbon copies of himself they will then be able to help all those at a lower level because they have an overview of what's going on they want you to get the full experience of being a physical person at this level but they know that your view of the significance of what is going on is very limited and they know, they know that there are times when it's correct for you to ask for help and guidance in the same way they also know there are times when it is incorrect for you to ask for help and guidance and they're going to leave you to muddle through on your own for reasons which we at this level can't always see so sometimes they will offer help and guidance and other times they will not so if you want the sort of help which Nigel is suggesting you do want to realize that they are always present in God's system God is always present in his own system the angels as they become wiser and they learn more about mankind also tend to become wise in, in, in this sense that we're talking about so that you, you find that you've got a lot of grown-up helpers and their numbers are increasing all the time at this intermediate level and they can help you if your need is real and timely and if your need is not real or timely they will not help sometimes it's right that you receive help at other times it is not right that you receive help in other words there are times when you 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 need to be shown the way there are other times when because of your uniqueness that would amount to interference in something which is absolutely sacred to God's purpose do you see you making a decision over your own essential uniqueness now that is the thing which matters to all of us when we understand the significance of making friends the uniqueness of the friend is what matters it's no good having lots of friends if they're all the same they don't signify anything so there are times when you are actually in the process of making your uniqueness where you will not get any help there are other times when you are not essentially making your uniqueness where you can get help it's in terms of your general education do you see it's not the same thing well could you give a, a few tips then as to uh, <laughs> a how to find out whether it is timely or not and, and b no i won't and i'll tell you why it's because unless this process is really difficult you're not going to get any benefit from it and every time somebody tries to make things easier for you they're not being your friend <laughs> Yes, 
Well, there is help and there is not help. There is some sort of help which actually destroys the person you are helping and there is other sort of help which really helps them. And to know the difference requires a lot of wisdom. But I would say generally that whatever you win the hard way matters far more to you and therefore is more significant for you and more real for you than anything that you get the easy way. So how do you go about the hard way then? Well, I'll leave that to you. I'll leave that to you. Well, not quite the same thing. What I was saying is you can be aware of love but you won't really understand what love is until you achieve the objectivity which comes to you through experiencing the opposite as well and holding the two things together in your understanding and letting them burn like a fire in your understanding out of that fire will come the phoenix of real understanding do you see? But, sorry I did interrupt you, carry on uh, just looking at it uh, simplistically uh, what went through my mind at that particular time was if you are unaware of what love is how do you recognize its counterpart as being the opposite? Well, you will find that both things dawn on you gradually. To begin with, you're not aware of what love is. And it dawns on you through the experience of life what love is. And generally because of things which are not lovely. Do you see? The two things grow together. But love doesn't come to you as something you suddenly know. It dawns on you gradually through experience and that experience includes unlovely things. I mean, in, in that, are you really saying that um, the more you see of the positive, also the more you see of recognize the negative? Well, when I was talking about I was talking about God's view. And God is the great educator. And God knows, right from the beginning, He knows that you won't understand what he wants you to understand unless you taste, taste both extremes of that quality do you see? unless you taste both extremes otherwise you won't have the, the distance from which you can get the objective appreciation the wise grown up objective appreciation of something I don't know why I find the idea that you know, there's a, a line, a graduation from one side to the other. I find that hard to accept, and I think it perhaps more in terms of a circle. And to use your fish analogy, um, when the fish is drawn out of the water, we say the fish is in air. But actually, air contains water. And likewise, water contains air, doesn't it? Yeah. So really, the two opposites join together. Yes. It's not a line with two extremes, but in actual fact, when you look at yes. far enough, they join together in a circle, don't they? Yes. In a sort of way. And yet, I'm talking about principles. And in order for you to grasp the principle, I need to exaggerate yes. a little bit. Yes. Otherwise, the principle is not clear. And I think most of the people here tonight realize what I meant when I talked about taking a fish out of water and helping you to realize that the fish cannot talk about water until you objectify the water to it. That's what I mean by objective understanding. The fish won't know about water until it becomes actually objective. The word objective, in the way I'm using it, means detached from. And it's that detachment 
which enables you to achieve the grown-up appreciation that I'm talking about from God's point of view. It means somehow being outside the experience in which the principle was displayed in such a way that the essence of the principle comes to you without all the involvements with the attachment of the happening so that somewhere in your understanding a, a clarity grows a clarity of understanding, of perception which is partly to do with great intelligence and partly to do with great love and the two things are part of one another great love, great intelligence working together both needing each other I suppose to get close to answering Nigel's desire for some sort of focused incentive I would say that there's been an incentive here tonight because of the way we have been talking about our subject matter for those who have felt it the, ex the incentive has been here and for those who haven't uh, the, the presence has been missed but to be more specific than that is to destroy the purpose behind it all because to be more specific than that is to try and begin to tell you how you should quarry out your own uniqueness which is exactly the opposite of want, what I would wish to do I want you to quarry it out in your own way and that's what matters and I think that's what matters to God that you quarry it out in your own way and that makes you into a unique exponent of the divine beingness which makes you more fun, more delightful and a more real friend I was, I was really asking that because of, on behalf of other people who may listen to this tape um, yes. who have asked me this sort of <laughs> Really well, I've given you some good answers and one is that you shouldn't ask the question and I've given you the reason why you shouldn't ask the question and that's part of the wisdom yeah. I think yeah. well, that, that is a, the answer together with the fact that life is the future that is the proper answer and there are no shortcuts and if you're looking for shortcuts you've missed the point mm. uh, no I don't know looking for shortcuts <laughs> right but obviously to, um, to answer my own question to some extent it's you to meditate regularly is one a way of doing it to go within to find the various different approaches that people do find to spending a bit of time going within possibly every day and um, to also not to expect an immediate answer to it if there's some question problem that comes up just to put it to the higher self and wait and let it the answer come in its own way through some happening and it will eventually come if it's needed and if it, if it doesn't come then somehow you work it through yourself well, you certainly begin to understand more and more clearly why somebody like Jesus was forever bringing the word faith into everything he did and everything he taught because the secret of all this is to have faith in the quality and the feeling beauty of this great person up there and once you grasp that with your faith then you will start to understand within yourself 
the sort of thing that person would be aiming at and the sort of way he would be trying to give to you the greatest thing he can possibly give you she possibly give you now that is the faith which matters more than anything else and you have something in you which can give you that essential faith and that is this little spark of God's own divine flame it is there that is the most vital component of all of this process because if, once you can read that for yourself you can get all these answers for yourself and then your faith grows into certainty person rarely develops a, an intuition for whatever they're doing in life don't they? I mean a person who's say a painter like you develops obviously an intuition for, for that a person who builds houses develops an intuition about that anybody, I think anybody who uh, does what they do as part of the path of service and with a wish to help and to grow will develop the intuition relating to whatever their occupation is and, and relating to whatever well in a sense the word intuition is a great big word we use loosely for the very thing that I was just talking about is, is yeah. tuning in to the essential divine attitude that comes from your own divine spark that is with you all the time, is always with you it is available and we go in for processes like meditation in order to, to as it were, fine-tune our own attention so that we don't continually pay attention to the brass band which is playing all the time in human life and we can, as it were, fine-tune the brass band out in order that we can hear the string quartet playing in the room next door it's, that is the purpose of meditation is the fine-tuning in order that you can for yourself experience the difference between the qualities that exist on these different planes of definition so meditation is not an end in itself and for some people it's not a necessary process at all we're all different some people actually benefit a great deal from that sort of fine-tuning other people do it in instinctively and naturally it may be that they've done it in past lives a lot is to do with their un the uniqueness of their soul nature meditation is not necessary for everybody but it is a vital component for some yes, uh, for some uh, some people I know their whole life seems to be for meditation rather like the Buddhist concept of continuous meditation we're all doing our own thing in our own way we're all quarrying out our own uniqueness in our own way and that is a very vital part of it if we all start to copy one another's methods then we, we'll end up all quarrying out the same uniqueness instead of a, an entirely different uniqueness that is our creative input that we're working on <laughs>